Hey, what's <clears throat> Jesus Christ? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> drinking. Damn, I got a little cold, man. It's getting to me, man. Yeah, I was gonna say that shit is going around. I got a cold too. <laughs> I got a chest cold, <laughs> nasal, everything, man. That was a horrible beginning. My fault, people. What's up with everybody, man? It's your boy, Slizzy, State of the New York Knicks podcast. The guy, Die Hard Nick podcast in the building. What's up, yeah, bro? Salute, everybody. Salute. What's up, man? How you feeling, bro? How's your day going? How's everything, man? Yeah, day's going good, man. I've been trying to, you see, I'm trying to do my push-up thing. Oh yeah, I'm about to challenge. I'm about to do that challenge within the next hour too. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's called the uh, the Die Hard Push Up Challenge. You can also use the DDM hashtag, 100, and um, it's me and my boy actually, me and my boy, um, Dirty Doorman Variety Show. We um we work together and stuff, man. So we we just decided like there's a lot of stuff going on, man. So we need some kind of like unity and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So we was like, let's just do that and see see how many people can um. Could get down with it, man. Just to show some solidarity for you know for various things, you know. Man, when your when your country is ran by a clown, then you, then you, then you, Yo, that that sounds a lot. That sounds very familiar, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything translates to the Knicks, man. Everything comes right back. Yeah, what, what you what you think of that of that kid um that um posted the the picture with him and um you know he kind of like photobombed him kind of. Oh yeah, he did photobomb them bad too. They they look to be honest, they all look stressed. <laughs> they look defeated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like they, we we caught them in bed or something, the way their faces look, you know? Man, they look out of it, man. It, <laughs> I, I don't know, but they look out of it. Nobody's smiling, they look focused. Yeah. That's a that's a Knicks fan though. Most of us are like that anyway, man. When when you know at, at work, I know I know you get it too. At work, guys start talking about the Knicks. First no. thing they say is like something real crazy, and you gotta be like, oh my god, here we go, bro. I get it. <laughs> yo, every time the Knicks lose, it seems like everybody likes to find me at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figure so, man. You probably like the Nick guy at your at your job and shit. <laughs> yo, everybody, yo, as soon as they lose, yo, what's up, bro? Why they lost by twenty today? <laughs> I don't even see nothing, man. You know, you know, I got my merch and stuff. I, I be having my hat. I got my my hoodie on or whatever, and I just stay. I don't even say nothing. Everybody knows what you know what it is at the work. You know, at, at, at um work and stuff, man. But they don't. I don't even say nothing to them because you know it's just getting ridiculous, man. So you you say something interesting. You say you know short interview. You know, for this for this next podcast episode, we're going to talk about where we're from and stuff like that. And then what brought to the Knicks? Um. I know you from New York. I'm, I'm from New York as well. I'm from Harlem, New York. From yeah. Um, you know, tell, tell, I, I know you. Are you probably older than me? Yeah, probably, definitely. Probably, I, I think I got you about ten years. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Uh, uh, you probably been with the Knicks more than me. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm a decade long Knicks fan. Um, I've been a Knicks fan, a true, true diehard Knicks fan, since 2009. Um. Okay, what what brought that on though? Two thousand nine. Um, basically, I always watched the Knicks from afar growing up. I always watched them from afar. I started watching basketball when I when I was about uh, twelve. Yeah. Um, and you know that was the same year when Yao Ming got drafted, and you know I always watched basketball before that. I remember watching Allen Iverson in the finals, but I wasn't really a diehard basketball fan like that. So okay. you know, I, I was watching basketball and. You know, oh nine, oh ten. Um, you know, they trade, they cleared the decks. That was the year. Remember, they cleared the decks. They mm -hmm. traded everybody, and that was the year when the first big, big free agency was. And, and that's the LeBron thing when he made the decision. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was a, I was a huge LeBron fan at the time. I wasn't really into the Knicks like that, but I always watched the games. Always, always knew the history, knew everything. Mm -hmm. And what really grabbed me in finally when I was like, I'm all in, to be honest, bro, is the Carmelo Anthony trade, bro. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is why I defend Melo because I'm 29 years old. Right. So I grew up watching Melo since I was about 11, 12 years old. He was always one of my favorite NBA players. 
And just for the Knicks to grab Melo, and I think it was January, I think it was December, and just me watching Carmelo. I remember that first game, he was in the Knicks jersey, man. It was was crazy, man. Wow. And just the the energy that Melo brought every night in the Knicks jersey, that's what really drew me in. And it's safe to say, you know, I've been 10 years watching the Knicks. I know all the history. You know, I read up on my history and watched a hell of a lot of classic games. Yeah. You know, that that's about it. As far as far as the podcasting thing goes though, mm-hmm. um what really started me was my friend, my friend Calvin. You know, we always used to argue about sports and you know, I was watching I was deep I'm a Knicks fan, so he's a Lakers fan. Yeah. You know, we going back and forth. So he like, yo, you might as well start a podcast. I'm like, you know what, you're right. Give me an app and I'll start one. He gave me the ink app and then this is how I started. So Ever since I was, I've just been all in, and here, here I am now. So <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got kind of similar beginnings though. So like, like you, you was about seventeen when you when that um when I went down right seventeen eighteen. Um, when Mellow Trey went down I was about twenty. I was about nineteen twenty. Okay, yeah, about nineteen twenty years old. Yep. All right, for me, how old was I back then? I was well. I think I was um I was thirty actually. <laughs> yeah, going on about going on thirty, or whatever. I was that was for me. That was a big transition, man. Because um, even before that, you know, you know, I got kids and stuff. But I got an older son, so I was going through stuff with his moms and whatever. And it just yeah. so happens I'm going through stuff with, with with his moms, big big stuff. And then that was during the Isaiah era, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. it was like, you know what I'm saying? So it was like double time in my, you know, in my, you know, my Nick fandom, and then in my personal life, all that stuff was happening. But you know, same thing, like like you said, like around when um. Well, for me, it was really like when Amari got, got here. When Amari got here, and then later on in the season when Melo came in, that's what started, you know, the energy again, the good vibes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah man. for for me, for me, really, like I always, I started on on the message boards because coming up, you know, with the internet, internet kind of just really like really started popping off in the early two thousands, kind of. Yep, so yep. on the early two thousands, I really was in the message boards and stuff. So then, like we used to we used to be in there cursing each other out and stuff like that. So the guys are like, yo, you know, you know. It's like natural, like yo, y'all, 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 f you up, yo. Let's go meet up somewhere. So, like, it was like a um, like a community thing. We all wanted to meet each other, so we we ended up meeting each other at a, at a bar or whatever. Yeah. So that was the first. That was like my first real real connection with the internet and stuff like that. So anyway, you know, long story short, one of the guys, because I was I was just um, you know, we were just going so crazy. Like, yo, man, you 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 like to get real deep and whatever. So why don't you start your own podcast? But that was like, you know, ten years ago. You know, ten fifteen years ago, the guy told me that, and what made me start now. Is that like the same the same energy is happening, you know, the the whole um, you know, cleaning the cap and now we have all this, you know, positive stuff happening. So, you know, through um through my job, you know, this um my my sometime partner, his name is um Jafin Aloha. I've been trying to get him on the podcast more, but you know, like, like I said, work and stuff like that is kind of hard. But he he was like, Yo, man, you should just start a podcast, right? Whatever. But he was he was kind of making it a little bit too complicated. So then I found the same thing. I found the anchor app and then it has been like that, man. I just started it and that's that's what it is. Yeah, it's crazy how, you know, you start off with the Anchor app and, you know, I wasn't even on Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter. I was not. I was straight Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, in April, back in April, I I was talking to um, Nick's Film School. I was talking to one of those guys on Instagram. And they was like, well, if you really want to get in tune and really talk to people directly, you got to get on Twitter. So I joined Twitter and, you know, because of Twitter, you know, I didn't got podcast episodes with Jonathan Macri. I just did one recently with Alex Collins, the guy who be on um, Nick Fan TV, Nick Fan TV who be over there. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I do podcasts with you, with everybody, but, you know, it, it, it's just a, a good community of people. Um, A lot of it's bias. But it don't be biases. We always try to place blame down the middle, and yeah. you know, place judgment where it needs to be. Is it, it, it the my issue? Just comes from the media. Like for example, let me throw this at you. Nobody talks about this. Mike Green and Clyde, and, and Clyde, right? The game, the other game, the game yesterday. Um. So he goes. Clyde goes. You know, the Knicks treated Giannis' brother bad. He said, oh. during the game, 
the Knicks treat yeah. Giannis' brother bad, Mike Breen immediately shuts that down and says, well, I've never heard that from Giannis' brother or from the Knicks' management or any news about the Knicks treating Giannis' brother bad. So I'm like, hmm, who created that narrative? The goddamn media. This is what... <laughs> I, yeah, the, the media the media fries us, man. It's it's, it's hard. It's like like um it's like we're getting um shot at, you know, in the, in the street. You know, we gotta like run for cover every every time you look around, somebody's saying something crazy, man. It doesn't make any sense. Cause I mean, what like what what could we have possibly done to to um to Giannis's brother? What's his name? Thanasis, right? Y- yes. Yeah, Thanasis. What could what could we have possibly done? D- drafted him, you know, drafted a bum from um from Greece. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hoping that he could be like his brother. You know, and then what did we do? We kept him in there. We was playing him and stuff like that. We gave him an opportunity to play. We had him for for a few years. We had him in our G League system for a little while. So I mean, what 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 could we have possibly done? You know, because I mean, no other team wanted him. You know, it's not like anybody was knocking on the door trying to get the answers. <laughs> it's crazy how the media paints that narrative. And you know yeah. what else? Now that we're talking about, I just thought about this on the fly. It always seems like when it comes to NBA brothers in the family, it always seems like the middle brother's the worst one, which was the guy we drafted. Yeah. The youngest is usually the best one, and they got right. a younger brother who's in next year's draft. And the older one is usually the most productive one, but the youngest one is usually the most potential. Yeah. Now, here's why, this is why I bring that up. Lonzo Ball, Jello. And LaMelo Ball. Lonzo right. is the first who got drafted. He's the guy who puts up the production. But LaMelo is the guy with the most potential. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, just um, just to show my age and stuff, man, like Marbury. Not, not to cut through you off, Marbury. The whole Marbury family. Like, all those guys were nice. Yeah, you yep. know what I'm saying? And then, like, the, the baby, you know, the one with the most potential was Marbury. He was the last one. You know? And, like, his older brother was supposed to have been, like, a real, like, a real, like, um big-time baller. But, you know... You know, the streets, I think, I think got him. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you know what's crazy? The streets got a lot of people, yo. I'm going to throw a couple names at you. Um, Corey Fisher. Yeah. Uh, Len Bias. Uh, damn. It's a, it's a, oh, my God. This guy, um, um, Sweet Pea from Harlem. This guy, um, yep. and, um, and um, what's his name? Antonio Daniels, whatever his name was. Oh, I know. Exact, um, Spanish guy. Yeah, he was like light skin. He was he was a weird weird looking dude. He kind of looked like the dude the dude from Goonies. They yeah. they call him Sweepy because he kind of looked like Sweepy from Popeye. Yeah, yo, I know. Damn, when this when this name comes out, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I know you're talking about. He was top five. I think his name uh, Cardoza. No, damn, I forgot his name. I know who you're talking about. But well, this this is an old school guy though, man. He he was um he got uh, he finally um got on with San Antonio and he played a little bit, but he was already in his thirties. But like you know, coming in high school and stuff like that, in Harlem, he was like one of the baddest, you know, coming up in like in the eighties and early nineties and stuff. Yo, that that's a fact. When the hell is New York gonna be breeding ballers again? Like, what what happened? I don't know, man. What? what? See that that's the, that's the thing with errors. Like, like in like in in my era, I came up in the nineties and stuff. So, you know, I, like um, I came up with um guys like Tinsley, you know, like Eric Barkley and you know, all those all those type of guys. I mentioned them because I actually played with them. Tinsley was a bad dude, man. Like he didn't, he, he didn't go to um yeah he didn't go to um he didn't play high school ball which is funny but he was like in the street and stuff so how I played him is that he was across the street from my school and um he was just there I didn't know who he was but he had on you know the whole gear like freaking um black black fatigues you know the Timberlands and whatever black hoodie and all that we in we in there playing ball we got on ball stuff and he like I never got my my behind bus so bad against some against somebody you know Jamal Tinsley in the park you know. <laughs> Yo, that is crazy, man. New York, neither. they not even New York, just AAU basketball as a whole. They need to start changing the, the way they train these kids because these kids is coming into the NBA and they don't have no skill. Yeah. And a, another thing I noticed, too, that the NBA is really is really getting horrible to me. One is the refing. Maybe because I watch the Knicks a lot of the time and the refs just hate us. Yeah. One and the amount of threes that these people be taking, yeah, they, they, yo, you seen the report that it said, I think it was Kobe White from the Chicago Bulls. 
And Kobe White had the nerve to say the coaches told him the mid-range jump is a bad shot. Yeah, that's that's the narrative right now. I really don't know what that's about. What like you know, like when me and you both were coming up, if you couldn't if you couldn't make a mid-range jump shot, if you couldn't make a layup, if you couldn't if you didn't if you didn't do it properly, because now you got they got they they're actually teaching the guys now with these like coaches and stuff like that to um jump off the wrong foot and, and make a layup. That that's okay. If I did that with my coach, I wouldn't play. You know, it's, it's just um, it, the whole the whole overall culture is all messed up. And I, and I, I, I you know, I hate to say it, it's like, like, well, um, you know, we, we came up off the Internet stuff that, like we just mentioned the Anchor app or whatever. But the same thing, YouTube and stuff like that. Everybody's just watching YouTube and whatever, all these analytics and stuff like that. And that all, the, the, the Internet really is destroying the game. Because even like yeah. you can even talk about unsportsmanlike conduct because I'm, I'm you know, like if you dunk on somebody and the guy turns around and starts screaming and cursing and stuff like that, the referees don't even call text anymore for that. You know what I'm saying? So, but at the same time, they don't want guys to uh, touch you. There's, there's no defense, and then they want to go to the instant replay if there's a quote unquote oh, hard oh, foul. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember last year, I was watching James Harden score sixty on my Knicks. Yeah, that was the worst sixty point game I've ever. Seen. <laughs> like it was so disgusting how he was just getting to the basket. And mind you, Moutier was guarding. Yeah, but when Frank was guarding. He was one for six, so salute to Frank Nellikina. Yeah. But it was bad, and Harden is a prime product yeah, man. of this generation's the way the rules are, Harden is a prime product of the rules. Yeah, the rules have changed basically because of him. You know, like all the traveling and stuff. That, that dude travels, man. You know, I'm sorry. It, it, got, it gets to the point now where guys are like, yo, counter steps, look at the replay. Do it really slow. Look at it with your, with your left eye closed and squint real tight and stuff. You know, like like if the guy, I mean, the guy is traveling, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, that, that's just the this is the culture now. It's the, it's the new era, new wave of basketball. Man, this new wave of basketball is so stupid sometimes. I swear. It I if they could just bring back hand checking, I think I'll be cool. Yeah, man. Not, not not even not even so hardcore like like how it used to be because be up two hands on you pushing and stuff like that. But I mean just like contact, you know, so sometimes they come up the court and a guy just, just checks them naturally and then they already call him the um foul him with <laughs> yeah, it's oh, just, man. this new NBA. Now, yeah. as we're talking about culture, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Mike Miller. This man, he he. before I criticize him, he's way better than Fizdale. Fizdale was sh- a shitty coach. Um, I was defending Fizdale, but Mike Miller's better than him. Now, yeah. criticism. This man rotations has been garbage the past four or five games. This man, I don't know if he's a puppet of upper management, but there should be no way in hell I'm watching Wayne Ellington infect the blue and orange jersey with his disgusting shooting. And I have an all-NBA rookie team second player and Alonzo Trey just riding on the bench. And then when Alonzo Trey do come in the game, he's two for 14 in his last 16 field goal attempts. Yeah. So... It's, 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 it's obvious that this man is not in the rhythm, but you continuously throw out Wayne Ellington out there when you should do yeah. the right thing and wave him and just give uh, – what the hell is going on here, bro? What what the well, hell you, you, are doing? You, you, said it was, um, you said it right, though. It's upper management. They got to be tempered because, um, um, you know, the deadline is coming February 6th, and conveniently this guy, um, Marcus Morris, is hurt, and he's trying to give other guys a little bit more time and stuff. So I think – not hurt, bro. Yeah, he's not hurt. Ian Bagley put out a video on Twitter today. I'm pretty sure you probably can scroll by it if you didn't click on Ian Bagley. They was in practice. DSJ and Marcus Morris look perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I peeped it too. DSJ on during the lab lines, the guy's doing 360 dunks and all kind of stuff. So what kind of uh, abdominal injury does he have, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they just saw him, they just showcasing certain guys to see if they could pack, package them in, in some kind of trade or whatever. We think about the trade thing, man. We 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 didn't think these guys should be focusing on. Um, first of all, you gotta identify who's who. First of all, you gotta identify who you want on this roster next season. First of all, yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing you need to identify is who, what mentors you want to keep with what young guys. For example, I'm not trading Taj Gibson, and 
I'm either keeping Morris or I'm 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 keeping Gibson. I think I want to trade Randall. I'm people's I'm getting at people all day. I don't care about people arguing with me on Twitter about Randall. I don't care if you argue with me about Facebook about Randall. I don't like the way he plays basketball. He don't play winning basketball. He does not hustle. He does not play good defense. He's a horrible all-ball defender. Everything I do not like Julius Randall the way he played basketball. Period. So <laughs> if it came down to Julius Randall, Marcus Morris, Randall could go for a bag of cookies, bro. I I, I don't like the way he played basketball. And it's, it's, like, well, who, who would you who would you what kind of player would you like to have at the four? Because <clears throat> I, I mean, at first, like in the beginning, when um when this guy was was the coach on um, Fisdale, I, I you know I was on the I was ready to 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 trade Randall for whoever. I was I was talking about Terry Rozier and stuff like that, <laughs> you know. But I mean, and then, now that he settled in, whatever they gave him a little role, I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it, you know. But it's like 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 you said, it, it depends on like like who do, who do you want? If you decide to pick certain oh. certain guys and roll with them. You got you got to you have to go full Monty because that's another thing too. Like with the history with the Knicks, like you can go back down all the way to the to like the to seventies and sixties and even from the beginning of the of the history, the Knicks always make a move that that you looking like why the <laughs> you know why did they do that you know like like when they traded um they they traded Clyde for no reason they traded um um Bob McAdoo for no reason they no, traded. Why did they trade from Mark Jackson, bro? No, I never knew the history on that. Why? What the hell? What happened with that? Well, that that was on um, Pat Riley. Pat Riley had um had uh, kind of took over or whatever. So he he wanted like a more tough team to build around the guys that they already had. So so his thinking, like this this guy Charles Smith, he was he was basically traded for Charles Smith. But Charles Smith, like like um in in the Clippers, if you look at his stats, he averaged six um excuse me sixteen the year before, and he averaged twenty twenty the year before that. I think twenty one points. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before that, so I mean, they were kind, of, they were kind of banking on on his age and the potential and stuff, you know, because they they were they were trying to get really, they were really trying to um get get away from Charles Oakley back in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um they wanted um Ewing to have to get some scores. Besides, you know, besides um um, you know, Charles Smith, we went and got this guy um Tony Campbell. Nobody really talks about him, <laughs> but like the year before we got him, um he averaged seventeen with Minnesota and he averaged twenty one the year before that with Minnesota. So that, you know they were kind of banking on these these type of guys. That that's what was happening there. But like the Mark Jackson thing, Mark Jackson, you know he kind of like from his rookie first two seasons, he kind of slowed down and he don't really play defense. You know, but like the real question is why did they trade freaking on uh, Rod Strickland for for um Maurice Cheeks? That's that's like the the real crazy question. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, oh, why did, yeah. Another question: Why did Pat Riley leave John Starks in? To go to oh man, it's <laughs> like <laughs> yo man. I already I already been through enough with that man. Like not enough arms. Nah, you know. I think not. Nah, bro. I I think that Bogdanovi trade took me over the top, bro. Bogdanovi, yeah, yeah, because yo, it's one thing to make a trade. Even when I look, even when I play two K, bro, I don't <laughs> never ever 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 trade my first round picks. I don't give a damn who's in the package. I'm not yeah. getting my first round picks. First round picks are like gold. When you watch yeah. teams like the Raptors win a championship with no lottery picks on their roster, you, you you have to take that into account. Yeah. They, this is why people beef with Knicks management because it's like you're in New York. You got one of the richest owners in the NBA right now. You should have the best facilities, the best um, player development. There, it should be no reason why these players, even though I don't give a damn about the commute, but it should be no reason why these players is traveling all the way to Terrytown to whatever the hell they practice facility is at when it could be yeah. downtown in mid Manhattan, like where Mellow's gym is at. So it's just it's the little things, bro. Yeah, yo, that 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 practice facility. I've been up there before, man. It's, it's the worst. I actually played a game in there years ago. You know, the season ticket holders, they always doing things for them. So I got a chance to play up there. Yo, the, up up there, it, it looks like the Avengers Mansion. It's in the middle of like kind of like nowhere in the middle of a dead end street, and it's like no markings on the buildings. Like it's like ridiculous. It, and on the inside, it's almost like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on them like that, but it's almost like a community college kind of kind of feel. You know, the way the way the um the thing looks. So I mean, it's it's embarrassing. We, we we're like the best city in the world. You know, you could run down the line, New York. New Yorkers, we we we're cocky, whatever. But it's the truth. We got one of the the best cities in the whole world, and we got these guys in the middle of nowhere on on some <laughs> Hicktown block in Westchester. You know what I'm saying? 
So I'll be pissed too. That's that's another reason why these guys don't want to come. They don't want to come down to, to New York. I mean, because who wants to go up there and then have to drive an hour and a half just to get to the garden every day? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's a that's a minor excuse when you're making twenty million dollars playing a game that you love, where it's people that yeah. nine to five making twenty five dollars an hour and trying to make ends meet. That's why fans get pissed off when players complain about stuff like that, even though it's true. But yeah. bro, you making ten million per year to shoot a basketball? You better get your goddamn ass to that gym and practice, bro. Nobody yeah. does that, bro. Um, yeah. As far as you know, we just got you just talking about the coaching and stuff, and you said some trade names. Um, a couple dudes that I would like for the Knicks to target: um, Malik Beasley, Justice Winslow, yep, Aaron Gordon. Um, Robert Covington. Um, poof. Yeah, those 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 are good names. Those are good names. Oh, and um, what's this guy named from Portland? Nazir Little. I seen the trade with the Knicks with Portland. So this is why I'm hoping Portland wins. Even though I'm a Mellow fan, I'm hoping they win because I'm hoping they win enough to where they're like, okay, we can make this playoff push. Let's call the Knicks. Let's try to get. Um, Marcus Morris over their hands. Now, if they call my Knicks for Marcus Morris and we could get Nazir Little back in that deal, I'm all in. Because okay. the thinking is, okay, you didn't get the first round pick, but you got Nazir Little. So now you right. have a wing who you could play beside Kevin Knox. Now that makes Damian Dotson expendable. That makes um, Alonzo Trier expendable. Um, speaking of Alonzo Trier, how you feel about Alonzo Trier? I mean, I, I just I just don't understand why they're not playing him. Because I mean, the guy's nickname is Isozo. So I mean, like we don't we need a basket. Hey, guess what? Why don't this, let's call like the best isolation player that we have, you know, and and let's see if we can get him to get us a basket. You know, they they don't call no place when whenever he's in there. Whenever he's in there, he's always standing on the island. You know, there's no movement or nothing like that. So they they kind of sabotage him a little bit. And then like I guess like himself too. I it's gotta be his He's got to be really popping a lot of stuff in, in in practice, man. I know there was a lot of talk about him, um, him and Tim Hardaway Jr. going at it, you know, like verbally and stuff in practice. That's why he wasn't playing before. So um, they were, I hear yeah, that. They, yeah, they they um even in the court, there, there was one time where um where it was like a fast break, and then um you know Alonzo Trey was leading the fast break, and he was he was supposed to hit you know um Tim Hardaway with the layup. But I mean that's not the way the NBA plays now. Everybody goes to the corner. So, you know, Trey threw the ball to the corner, but um Tim Hardaway went to the basket. So they started arguing. And if you if you if you like, I I didn't I don't have the, the video right now, but if you look read their mouths, you could you could just see um Trey was straight cursing them out, you know? So I mean the, the you know the, the backstory with that is like in practice, Trey is 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 destroying everybody, you know? But it with it's like um it's like despite the team though, you know what I'm saying? So I think I think that's what his issue is. He's got to figure out a way to, you know, wheel all that stuff in. Yeah, yeah, Trey. But the one thing I will say about Trey is it was an article that came out today. Um, and the article was basically talking about how Trey has been a constant professional. You know, Trey always come to practice. Trey always, you know, cheers on his teammates. And that's another thing, too, that I've been doing this season. And I want you to do this as well, too, bro. When you're yeah. watching the game, I just want you to watch individual plays. Don't even, don't even worry about the whole game. Just watch individual plays. I think that's one the reason why I've been criticizing Julius Randle so hard because I watch the game, but I watch him specifically at certain times just to see what he's going to do. You watch an ISO zone, you're on the bench. He don't look like he's sulking. His head is not down. He's paying attention to the game. He's talking to Mitch on the bench. He's talking to the guys. He's getting up. He's clapping. Being a great teammate. I just hope he get his time to shine. Um, I hope it's after the trade deadline because I'm dying to see a lineup of, I say, it's, it's just a bench lineup. Let's say mission foul trouble. Wooten, Knox, Dodson, Trey, Frank. I just want to okay. see one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're probably going to get smoked during that, during that, um, <laughs> <laughs> during that during that time they were there they on the court, but I, I I feel you though. I don't think we nope. are because you got you got your three and D wing, you got mm-hmm. the scorer Frank Frank could play some defense. Wooten is the shot blocker. Knox is the shooter. 
Okay. <laughs> you, got, you, you know what it is? I think we just so so used to the to, we got to get this losing mentality out, bro. I think yeah. we got to get it out, bro. We, we got to flush it out of our brains that we cannot win or we cannot score when it's just the kids on the floor. I think yeah. when we watch the kids with Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington, it, it it just doesn't do nothing for us. So losing with those guys on the court with the kids, it don't do nothing for me neither, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But I get you though. These guys, if we, if we got the young guys, why not use them to see, to see at least like, like in a hockey, like, you know, like a hockey, um, you know, um, what did they call substitution? Just sweep them in and just just let them let them air it out one time. You know what I'm saying? See if the energy of youth to kick kick in. You know, but like what you was you was talking about Randall before, man. I I feel you on the, on that because um Randall's energy, he kind of got like an asshole energy when he's yeah, out OD, there. So OD, bro. OD, OD yeah. I, I definitely peep that. Yo, bro, he'll get fouled and then he'll start crying to the ref. First of all, you the twenty one million dollar man. You around yeah. a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids, bro. I don't want these kids seeing you bitching with the refs, bro. Excuse my language, but the, he he got to stop. $21 million man, bro. I, he's going to get the most criticism on his team. If we get yeah. another superstar, I'm not going to say no names from 2020, from 2021 free agency. I will dare <laughs> not say that man name. But if yeah. we get a superstar then he's going to get criticized just like how I'm criticizing Julius Randle. Yeah, but I think that's what he needs, though. He needs, like, another guy in there to to, to take that away from him so he can kind of loosen up because he's he just he just too tight with it, man, you know? I think that guy's already there, but he's just not old enough, R.J. Barrett. But Yeah, R.J. Barrett's there. I think he's, he's going he's gonna to be the one. Yeah, but do, do you think he's going to be our shooting guard for the, for the future or, or what? Yeah, but – I. I think he's going to be our shooting guard for the future, even though he could play the three. My thing, the question I'm going to throw back at you is, which I've been wondering myself, I don't think R.J. Barrett is a number one option on the championship team. Nah, nah, I don't, I don't think so either. But but he's definitely like a like kind of like a like a backbone kind of not not a backbone, but maybe like he's just like a he's an important piece to have. I think. So From- is that if that's the case? Then the Knicks gotta be all in on the 2020 draft. They gotta be yeah. all in. They gotta give me another. They gotta give me a, a star. It's no way how how we talk about going back when we was talking about earlier about the Knicks and when they made the trade for Charles Smith and the other guys. It always seems like whenever somebody gets in a Nick jersey, they numbers go down. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, why does that happen? I'm like, yo, you know why it happens, bro. Yeah. This is the most pressure jersey in New York sports, bro. Name yes, another team that got a fan base who puts the most pressure on a team in any sport. Yeah. Every every um player that comes in that arena, they they get up for the for the Knicks. That's why all the bums across the world come to the Knicks and drop dirty on us, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah the, the other team gets gets power, you know, just from being in the building. But just the bright lights and the and the heaviness of that jersey, you know, that that destroys a lot of players, man. It's not it's not built for it's not made for everybody. Damn sure ain't made for DSJ. He over here complaining about cab drivers talking about how the bad the Knicks was playing. This yeah, while he's rocking his Periellus or whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> this guy here, yo. I, <laughs> and DSJ, he's in the he's in the little video with Ian Bagley. I'm just thinking to myself in my head, in my head, you dunking the ball, bro. Shoot some fucking threes. Excuse my language, but he's another person who's agitated me this whole season because he was one of the guys I had most of the faith in. Yeah, I had him circled as the number one. He was gonna be the number one guy for us. You know, he's he was supposed to be, you know, the the spoon that stirs the drink. You know that that whole thing with the Harden does. You know, he was supposed uh-huh. to be the one. Yeah. Sucks, man. Yeah, it do, it it do, man. It's, it's crazy how how far down this kid has gone, man. I, I don't even know what to think of this kid, man. I don't even know where we could trade him anywhere besides Minnesota, who will give him a real opportunity to start. Like, yeah, just 
yo, it's yours. Like, go ahead and, and, and take the keys. This is why I get mad when young players on other teams is producing, for example, Shea Gilders, Alexander, and then you got Nick fans who cry about when their Nick players ain't producing, a.k.a. Kevin Knox. And right. they don't even think about the situation. You know, he's in OKC. He's in a small market. There's not much media spotlight on him. He got Chris Paul next to him. He got a stable organization who doesn't fire the goddamn coach after every goddamn two years. He yeah. Great president of basketball operations who managed who this might be a 30 for 30. This man drafted Russell, Kevin, Harden, Abaka, Jeff Green, and Cephalosha. And he couldn't get one championship with that. Yeah, man. That has to do with the money. He's he's in he's in a like you know, we were just talking about New York, we the greatest city, our practice silly, this, that, and the other, but OKC, all they got what they got over there. They got like horses and, and freaking like you know, tumbleweed and whatever the hell they got over there. What what's in OKC? But but um but basketball, they have no money, so they couldn't afford to to, to pay everybody, you know. So that sucks, man. If if um if they if um that dude was in New York, we, we would have been winning the championship like the last ten years straight, we would have won championship. Yo, his his scouting is impeccable. I'm not even gonna lie. You scout yeah. three MVPs. Kudos to you, brother. I hope. Yeah. I'm I'm praying that one of the Mitch, Knox, RJ, Frank, hell, Frank too. I, one of these guys got to become a superstar, man. We gotta get a homegrown superstar, man. Well, I think I think we're on our way, man. We kind of we kind of like um chipping away and stuff. We're getting little guys here and there, but I think I think we're on a healthy path because, you know, we don't we don't have our cap is not messed up. We got all of our draft picks. We got some important drafts coming up. We got this draft coming up. That's pretty good. We should be we should have a high draft pick. The next draft is supposed to be a good one too because they're gonna change the age limit and all that. So it's gonna be like a double draft kind of. So you know, the next few years is gonna be very important, man, as far as um free agency and all that stuff. So I think I think we're on the right path, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. We definitely are. Man. You know what I want when I want to ask you too, since since we're here? What's up with Mr. Mitchell, man? I always want to ask you about about him. Like because I, I mean, like I, I hear you, you you like when I when I when I hear your voice, uh, I, it's like if, if Harlem could be could be a person, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that when I when I hear when I hear your voice with I, I think of Harlem, but I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how, how you guys um got hooked up. <laughs> Yo, Mitch, man, this he makes my head hurt, bro. <laughs> because he's the most protected Nick player. Protected, bro. No, no, no. I'm, talk, I'm talking about your boy. I'm talking about your boy, Mitchell, Mr. Mitchell, your um, your co-host. Oh, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, I thought you was talking about um this 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 young man, Mitchell Robinson. What about Mr. Mitchell, man? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to know how, how you guys even, even um hooked up, man. Because you know, like I said, you're, you're like Mr. Harlem. You know, when I hear your voice, I th- all, I, all I think of is Harlem. But then you, you rocking <laughs> with, um, you know, the man down under down there. You know, it's a crocodile Dundee. I was like, well, how, how, how did you guys get together? Um, um, it's crazy. Uh, so the Knicks, the Knicks groups. You know, I'm in a lot of the Knicks groups. I'm, I'm damn near every one of the Knicks groups. But the main one that I regularly post is the Nick Nation Nick group. And, you know, I was right. always yeah, posting on it. And then I think I, I did a live stream video one day. And I think I think that was um, right after Porzingis got traded. Literally, like, right after I did a live. Because I, I was pissed off. And he wrote me. He like, yo, bro, y'all can join your podcast? Uh-huh. Because we always had in-depth conversations over Facebook about um, – Topics when I wrote when I wrote something on Facebook as far as the Knicks is concerned. So, you know, he said, "Yo, can I join your podcast?" Ah, uh-huh. I mean, he joined me on episode I believe it was twenty three, episode twenty three of the podcast, and he's wow. been a co-host ever since. Man, he's great to talk. He he comes from a place where his basketball knowledge is different from mine, so he'll give me different points of views about various things. So yeah. you know, and gives the flavor. Like who the hell, who the hell would have thought like this kid from Harlem would have a guy from Australia on a podcast? You get what I'm saying? Like it, it was something new. Yeah, it was dope, something dope. new. 
Yeah, it's dope. I always want to ask you about that. <laughs> I mean, they, they they got that whole they got a whole another culture down there. You know, they they have their own basketball league. Yo, yes. this guy on uh, speaking of Harlem, you got Homicide that do Homicide Williams. He was on Knicks fan TV. Yo, um, yes, the other day. Was. I listened to it too. Continue. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hearing that man, just uh, you know, and you know, it's just it's just dope. It's a whole whole different ecosystem out there. Yo, you know what's crazy? This is why I want. This is why I want to draft Lamelo Ball even more. Because yeah. he's playing against grown men, like actual NBA players. He's six eight, seven foot wingspan, pass first point guard, can get to the lane. He's gonna get Mitchell Robinson lobs. He's gonna get RJ Barrett easy buckets. Like drafting a six eight point guard, you can't pass up on that, bro. I, yeah, I, I look at RJ. I'm not RJ. I look at um John Moran and what he's doing out there. Oh, yeah, man. I, if um, I mean Lamelo Ball watching him in um in Australia, he's kind of doing the same same kind of things with his timing and stuff like that, his speed up and down the court. So yeah. I mean, this that makes me that makes me salivate, man. We haven't had that since, you know, I mean, <laughs> since Clive Clive Frazier. <laughs> oh my God, yo! I don't know, man. Michael Ray Richardson. I don't know. Nick fans, you. Y'all about to be tight at what I'm about to say. I love R.J. Barrett. Barrett is going to be a Nick Hall of Famer, hopefully. God willing, knock on wood. Yeah. That kid, John Morant, is the best point guard prospect I've seen since Chris Paul. And I yeah. would take – and he's a top five point guard right now in the NBA. And I think I would take John Morant number one in each of the past five drives, bro. I think yeah. I, 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 I'm not over Luca. Yeah, but yo, that man is the real deal. Holy feel, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the dude, the dude plays like Gary Payton, but with hops. Yo, crazy man. Yo, he plays like he plays like Gary Payton. He gives me Baron Davis vibes yeah. with a little bit of Jason Williams. With with a little with a hint of Steve Francis, man, he's just throwing in a pot. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like the Star Wars Star Wars movie. He got all the Jedi's and in, inside one point guard. You know what I'm saying? They're all the Jedi's from the past hall in your inside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, he's he's, he's a really good player. Yo, it, it, and it's crazy how we're talking about John Morant, but John Morant is the engine to the Grizzlies right now. The Knicks yeah. missing an engine. RJ Barrett is the tune-up. He's the start of the car. He, he he got the key. You got the key in the car. That's RJ Barrett. But we need the engine. Yeah. We don't got the engine. I love Frank Nilakina. He's not a starting point guard. He's going to be a championship role player. Championship. Yeah, I believe that. And um, he reminds me of Michael Cooper. I always say that Michael Cooper. <laughs> like I think that's. You know who he remind me of? Eric Snow. Yeah, I, I get that too. Eric Snow, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric Snow was trash, but he was a championship player. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Defense. He was hit a three. He ain't gonna. He ain't gonna really make dumb decisions on the court, and he's gonna play his role. He's not gonna complain. <laughs> yeah. That's why he. You need. You need players. Like that. Yeah. That's why he a Nick fan favorite. That's why the first home game of the season. When DSJ was playing like dog crap and Fizdale with his Mr. Potato Head looking self sent DSJ back out there. I was disgusted with Fizdale when he did that, yo. I, it was three things. Let's real quick, bro. Fizdale did three things this season that made my head hurt, bro. I think number one was putting Kevin Knox at shooting guard. That was so stupid. That was completely retarded. I, you know, no disrespect to retarded people, but that shit was that was yo, that, that was retarded, yeah, man. That was fucking yo. That was so disrespectful to Alonzo Trier. This yeah. the second thing. This man came out in the interview and said, "Well, we're only five games from being out of the playoff." Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, we had like the worst record in the NBA. It's like, yeah, this guy is down. He need to upgrade his, his his prescription on his glasses or something. Yo, and the last thing that had me that last, that eighth game we lost when the fan we was screaming for this man run more pick and rolls, 
and he still had Frank Nilakina coming across the court and just dumping the ball off. I was done with him after that. I was done yeah. with him after that. I, I, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, he he wasn't really a, a New York guy, man. Because like the like I think we talked about it once before. Like the whole Van Gundy thing. Van Gundy was like he was Van Gundy was like a heroin addict. You know, the dude was like he was like destroying his life every night watching tape and stuff like that, putting all the pressure on him. <laughs> and Fisdale is 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 um. You know, and the camera's going, yeah, you know, they're just not listening to me. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep on laughing. Yeah. What, bro? New York is Rome. You don't laugh in Rome. You got to listen. This is why I like Mike Miller. He's like, he no nonsense. No, no nonsense. None of that. You you know what's crazy? The last game that we played, Bobby Portis. I don't know if you've seen the footage. You probably did, though. It's on Instagram. So Bobby Portis missed an assignment, and one of the players got a wide open three because of Bobby Portis. He went under the screen. Mike yeah. Miller stomped his feet so hard on the ground and put his face in his hands. And I could think, like, all he could think about is, how can I get this man off my team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bobby Portis, man, we, we didn't really talk too much about him, man, but Bobby Portis – is trash. He Yo. is like, he is not a good basketball player, man. Yo, some sometimes he can he can get busy a little bit, man. But a lot of times he is just trash. Yo, you know it's crazy. Shout out to my man Chris, man. My man Chris, I remember the day we signed Bobby Porter's in free agency. Yo, not more than two minutes that announced that signing was announced. He called me. And the first thing he says to me on the phone, he said, yo, Slizzy, Bobby Portis? <laughs> and he repeated it like 10 times. He didn't, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't say a sentence yet to me, bro. He said, Bobby yeah. Portis, they spent $15 million on Bobby Portis. When you, you know what the Knicks should have did on the offseason? All you had to do was pay Taj. Give Mook Morris one year twenty million, and give Vince Carter somebody one year twenty million. Call it a day. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, that, that um that Bobby Portis deal was was overkill because we already got. I mean, we we had just got my Marcus Morris and all that. We already had Taj. We already got or, or the guys. We, we already got Julius Randle. So I mean, Bobby Portis was totally unnecessary, man. Him him and Wayne Ellington, both of those guys was totally unnecessary. But I mean, you know, we kind of had to be. We had to spend the money. Cause you got to spend 90, 90%. But uh, like you said, we could have gave that money to anybody, you know, uh, especially like the point guard. I, I would, I would have appreciated like a veteran point guard. Give somebody, if you're going to pay the money, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Yo, Bobby Portis had 20 points in the last game. It was the meaning, most meaningless 20 points I've ever seen. And it's like, <laughs> Portis, do you know how to pass out of a pick and pop? Like, do you, every time you get the ball at the three, you're going to shoot it. Like he shoots the ball, bro. Like, I... yeah, you know, it's it's like getting a fresh, like getting a like a fresh pair of kicks or whatever, and throwing them in the garbage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, just, I know they have fresh pair of kicks, but they in the garbage, man. So they they trash, they trash now. You know? There's, oh my god! Yeah, this man here, man. Um, speaking of M- M- Mitchell, shout out to my coach, Mister Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you, you mentioned that in the live, man. That guy, he's been playing horrible lately, man. Yo, he's been playing like dog shit. And you want to know what's crazy? He gets no criticism. <laughs> he no, yeah. no fan of post. Mitch is trash. You don't see no Mitchell Robinson slander on Twitter. And I'm yeah. like, yo, he is really the most protected Nick on this team. Even RJ got RJ's a bust tweet. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like you can't say nothing bad about Mitchell, man. I mean, because I mean, you know, New Yorkers love defense. We like big man, you know. We like block shots and stuff like that, man. But I mean, like truthfully, he he's not really rebounding that well. I mean, he's not doing anything. Nah. Like he he exposed he exposed my man Whiteside, right? But then right after that, I guess the scouting reports came out. All you got to do is put a body on Mitchell Robinson, and he's just done. That's it. You know, you know, a little think, little elbow in the chest. I don't think it's that, bro. What's that? I got a name for you, Frank Nilakina. <laughs> Mitch, yo, nah, you laughing, I, yo, bro. All jokes aside, bro. Since Frank yeah. Nilakina has not been playing, Mitchell Robinson has not had a good game since. 
Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I got you. There's, there's a connection with that. Chemistry is chemistry. When you see Alfred Payton in the game, who are you always passing the ball to? Julius Randle. When you see Frank Nellikina in the game, who he's getting the ball to? Mitchell Robinson. This is why, like, Mitchell has been playing terrible. But I attributed this this, um, as well for Mitch. Mitch got to get a jump shot, bro. He got to get an offensive repertoire, yo. He got to do something, man, because if he's not dunking the basketball, he's not doing nothing for you. Nothing. Nothing. And you see, he's not why. even blocking shots like he used to. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And in the, the reports of this Andre Drummond nonsense. Oh my God! We didn't even. Roof. How long we been rocking right now? Uh, damn, we all this time we didn't mention Andre Drummond this whole time. Oh my God! Yo, bro. This is why I brought up Mitchell Robinson because how dare you bring up Andre Drummond, who's not of a shot blocker like Mitchell Robinson. Who is basically Mitchell Robinson right now at 26 years old? That's that's who yeah. Andre Drummond is. <laughs> yeah, he can't. Shoot. How dare you freaking mention Andre Drummond when Bobby Porter's still on the damn roster? You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like we got too many big men on this team that to be talking about Andre Drummond. But you know, not not for nothing. I think that's all just Detroit. Yeah, Detroit is screwed right now. They they trying to get rid of their their players. So I mean that that I think that's what that's about. Yeah. It's, it's more for more on their side more than less than um is on our side. You know what's crazy? I love social media. I think <laughs> Nick fans, it, listen to this. I think this is kind of true. I think the Nick fans are actually bullying the Knicks. Let me explain. You see on Twitter, right? For the past like week, who names been getting mentioned? Crazy. Kenny Wooten. We've been mm-hmm. calling for this. It was to the point, it got so bad on Nick's Twitter. Every every yeah. post you click on, it said, yo, call up Wooten. Call up Wooten. Call up Wooten. Don't trade the kids. Don't trade the kids. They called up Wooten. If the Knicks I mean, it, trade any of the young kids, bro, this is a fan warning. It's going to be a riot. <laughs> it's going to be anarchy in the streets, man. Yeah, yo. It's, it's going to be a riot. I think James Dolan got a secret burner account because when they was on Fisdale, it was like fire Fisdale, fire Fisdale. He waited until it got uncontrollable, and then he fired Fizdale. They better not do nothing stupid, yo. yo not, not for nothing, yo. You know, but I'm, I'm my bad, man. But you know, you know, we, we, me and you both, we listen to a lot of stuff. I know you mentioned a lot of guys, Knicks fan TV, Nick. You know, nothing but Knicks. All these guys, your your podcast, my podcast. And sometimes there's stuff that I say, and then then like the next day, like all of a sudden, somebody's saying the same thing I said, or some, or you might say something in like in your live or your podcast, or like something I definitely heard on nothing but Knicks. And then you know, I, I think I think we're the ones that's controlling this shit right now. That's <laughs> not just the fans; it's just it's just us. I think like you know they got in their war room. I think they got the uh, got our stuff on speaker, or maybe they, they pull out. Yo, make sure, make sure you listen to this guy. Take your notes and stuff like that. Oh, what, what we gonna do now? What, what the son he say? You know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, it's crazy. The day that they signed Wooden, I did a live. I did a live yeah. for like an hour, and I that was all I was talking about. When you gonna call up Wooden? Why we? Yo, I was dying. Yo, when I was watching, the, when I was um looking at it, right, I was, I was looking at it after the fact, and like during, as you was giving your live, that's when the um that's when they signed Wooten, you know what I'm saying? So I I kind of was dying laughing because it's, I was thinking the same thing. It's like yo, they got they gotta be watching this live and be like yo yo quick quick get Wooten on the phone. We gotta sign him quick now, quick quick kill us for sure for sure. I know Nick's like Nick's PR and Nick's people. I'm I'm. Positive, they listen to a lot of Knicks podcasts, and I'm positive they listen to, listen to a lot of Knicks content because there is no Nets TV, there is no Hawks TV, there's no Orlando Magic TV, there is no state of the Orlando Magic. There's none of that. <laughs> the Knicks got the most diverse group ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah, you look on you look on YouTube or you go on Apple, whatever. What's the most um? Like the um the like the most um podcast um topic is, is the Knicks. Everybody's talking about the Knicks. We got the like the most the most content from fans anywhere, the, anything, any sport across the world. It, yo, it's crazy how the Knicks all they gotta do is win, yo. You win one championship, just one in this decade. I just want one in this decade. I think we could get two or three, but it depends on the development of RJ Barrett. And yeah. 
we in we in the beginning stages right now. I mean, this is these these are the seeds that are planted right now. As soon as they as soon as we catch some roots, get some get once that water hits the roots, man, we we we, we got a chance to get this whole decade. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is, I remember at a point in time where Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, I believe Harden was on this team. Matter of fact, I don't think Harden was on this team, but they was three and thirty. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook was three and thirty. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Patrick Ewing, from what I believe in my memory bank, served me well. He did not make the playoffs his first three years in the NBA. Nah, he didn't. Oh. Yeah, it was 20, I think maybe six rebounds and, and whatever. He didn't have his flat top yet. He was looking crazy, no shape up. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's evolution in this, man, you know? Things start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, man. I'm, last thing before we get out of here. Um, predictions. Alex, Mr. Alex Collins from Knicks Film School, he gave me 22 to 24 games we're going to win this season. What's your, what's your number count? I got, I got 22 games this year. I'm about the same thing, 22, 23, 24. I mean, you know, our boy um, Wayne Ellington, you know, he said that um, the, we remind him of that 30 and 11 team in Miami, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, when he said that, I'm like, I'm like right, that's cool, man. But you know, wait, Ellington, could you just get the fuck out of here? Because <laughs> somebody trade him, because somebody call him a cab. Like, like, who told him he could talk, man? Nobody's talking to him. Well, nobody, you know, nobody cares what you what you got to say, bro. Just, just go, go, just go get yourself a Gillette and uh, shave that nasty beard you got on, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I don't, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know, man. I just hope this team wins more than seventeen games. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I. I. I'm not gonna. Um. I, I no, man. I'm not gonna put no cap on the Knicks win the loss. I'm um win the loss situation. Win the loss situation with the Knicks. It's it, it's just you got to win more than seventeen games. Yeah. Like. That's it. Yeah, just for our hearts. Yeah, just for our hearts alone. Just that you can't win less you can't win less than seventeen. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give us twenty something just so we can have something something to be happy about a little bit, you know. Mm. I I I don't know, man. I just what I can live with is this team having RJ Barrett, having Kevin Knox, and having Mitchell Robinson, and that everybody else all-star or quote-unquote superstar is um 28 29 30 years old so they all old so I'm, I'm i'm just banking on that that's 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 all i got for right now bro any any last words for the people next nation before we get out of here brother uh peace to the gods man when i when i say you know that's like a, that's like an old um you know five percent kind of thing but I mean, when I talk about the guys, I'm talking about the Knicks players, man. The Knicks, I mean, the Knicks fans and stuff like that. Peace to us, man, because because we like like we just finished saying we 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 are the ones running this, man. We gotta keep on doing what we're doing and just stay positive and just ride this wave because we're almost there. I think I think 2020s right now. I think this is gonna be our decade. I, I hope so, bro. I hope so. I ho- I'm I'm hoping we get another four game win streak going. You know that accelerate us to 20 wins. I'm hoping that we. At least trade some of these vets, get the young guys going. Let's let's get the rebuild going. Get get it quick, fast, in a hurry. Get Kevin Knox some minutes. I want Kevin Knox to score thirty points so I can tag Nick Nation on Twitter again and say goddamn clown. You keep talking about Michael Porter Jr. when that man was averaging five points his last five games, and I see a Michael Porter Jr. post since. I'm sick of this nonsense about the disrespect for my boy Kevin Knox. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Yo, the Twitter I can't get with Twitter, man. But you know, my my Twitter account is diehard um, KPC. Please don't at me. <laughs> Please don't at me. I don't want to hear the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, oh, they can at me all day, bro. I I on every day on Twitter, bro. No issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't deal with it. I mean, this this there's a guy on there. He's like he he's the owner of a, of a bakery. And he was going get at me about something, man. I mean, I mean, all day long, like like twenty four seven, this conversation was going on. I'm like, I'm like, what is going? What is the matter with people? Yeah, like who's who's cooking the cookies, bro? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But, you know, I appreciate you, brother, man. Another collab. Yeah, no appreciate the people. Appreciate Knicks Nation. It's your boy, Slizzy. State in the New York Knicks podcast. My guy. Diehard Knicks podcast. Salute to you, brother. We out of here. Peace. Yeah, man. Peace.